with the Word of God open before us in Luke's Gospel in chapter 15, can we just bow for a brief moment's prayer, please? Let us all pray. Eternal, most gracious, and heavenly Father, we do thank Thee that we can gather now around Thy precious Word. And Lord, we ask that Thou wilt give us special help from heaven. We pray that the gospel might be so very, very simple to understand this evening. Simple enough even for the most youngest gathered in amongst us to understand, to discern, to know what the Lord is saying. So, Lord, we just look today. Give help from heaven, we pray. For we ask these things in the Saviour's precious and in his worthy name. Amen. The Lord at times can speak, you know, in the most unusual ways and through the most unusual circumstances. Whilst there's only one way to heaven, and that's by accepting the Lord Jesus Christ into our lives, by confessing our sins, by putting our faith and trust in his finished all-atoning work, by renouncing our sin and, and nailing it to his cross. The Bible reminds us, doesn't it, that neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Nonetheless, God in his permissible will so arranges our lives that in the fullness of time we come under the sound of his precious word. You see, God can take the base things. This is what the Bible says. The foolish things. The things that are not to bring to naught the things that are that no flesh should glory in his presence. He moves in a mysterious way at times, and at times his ways are past finding out. If we were to have read the whole of the 15th chapter of Luke's gospel, it deals with, with three issues. The lost sheep, you remember when the shepherd went out and he had a hundred sheep. And when he counts them back into the pen, he finds that there are only ninety and nine. And he leaves them in the pen. The Bible says he goes out for that lost, that lost sheep. That's away on the mountains, wild and bare, away from the tender shepherd's care. And he found the sheep. And he places it upon his shoulders and he returns the sheep back to the fold. There is in this passage the lost silver. A woman who had ten pieces of silver, ten coins, and, and when she counts them one day, there is only nine. And she sweeps the house from, from top to bottom and she finds eventually that one silver coin that was lost, and she rejoiced in as much as she found the lost silver. 
What we read of this evening was the lost son. A young man who was brought up in the right way, who went to his father one day and craved of his father, give me the portion that falleth to me. And when the father divided unto his two sons his living, the Bible says not many days hence, he went into a far country and he wasted his substance on riotous living. It's called the prodigal son or the lost son. And perhaps many of us have learned this narrative, we've learned this story in Sabbath school or sitting on our mother's knees, how the heart of a devoted father was broken by the sins of a wayward son. Sadly, it's a story, isn't it, that can be repeated throughout the length and breadth of our land. A land filled with broken homes, with broken families, with broken promises, with broken hearts, and with broken lives. There's not a family in this province or in this United Kingdom of ours that has not been affected by problems within the family circle, problems within the home. Or we might try to keep it under wraps as best we can, but God knows what we deal with behind closed doors. I suppose I've lost count of the many, many occasions when preachers have have turned to this passage and they've spoken about the Father the emphasis has been upon the Father of his unfailing love for his Son, of the burden that he had for his younger son, of his distress and anguish that he endured and that he bore, of the loss that he encountered when the son said, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me of the great sorrow that the father felt and of his misery and heartache as the son left home one day. The trauma that was caused in his life and it was all, friends, it was all because of sin. It was because he craved the bright lights of the the far country You know, folks, the the grass always seems greener, doesn't it, on the other side. See, he was a young man who wanted to please himself, who wanted to be the master of his own destiny, who was so impatient for that which would befall him one day. This young son, even if it meant breaking the heart of a faithful father would have his way. Some preachers, when we've turned to this portion, they've spoken of the son. Oh, they've left the father 
to one side and, and they've spoken of the waywardness of the son. How selfish he was to approach his father in life. How the silver of his father was so desirable, the bounty that he was to be given. How sin so easily beset him and how he left home for that far country and took his flight with his finance in his pocket. How he gathered around him a whole host of friends. How those friends, when the money ran out, all, every one of them, forsook him. How famine came to the land. It's a riveting story. It's a story that teaches us that sin will take us farther than we want to go. It will keep us longer than we want to stay. It will cost us far more than we want to pay. Such a miserable time, wasn't it, for this young man in the far country? I've heard preachers before today, and they've, they've turned to this passage some have spoken of the father, some have spoken of the son, some have spoken of the, the elder brother, the attitude which he displayed, the stubbornness which he exhibited, the arguments that he placed before the father when he knew that the father had killed the fatted calf for this wayward son. The resistance that he showed that he would not go in to the banquet. The unfailing love of a father. The unacceptable behavior of the younger son. The unforgiving spirit of the elder brother. I wonder if you ever found yourself standing in their shoes and placing yourself into the narrative of the story. Because there have been times in the past when we've been perhaps a disappointment or when we've caused disappointment to others. Maybe there are times in your life and in mine when we have been frustrated when sin has taken us along a path that we should never, ever have ventured down. Well, friends, I want to take a fresh look at the passage this evening. But it's not from the father's position. It's not from the son's position. It's not even from the eldest son's position. But I want you to come with me this evening. I want you to stand with me and you and the younger son and I want us to look into the pigsty into the pig pen I want you to ponder upon these pigs and how perhaps the spirit of God moved in the life of this young man as he simply looked upon the pigs that day in the Far East. If you ever wondered what could have happened 
how he recognized the error of his ways, how he repented of his sins, what brought him to return unto his father. What was it that made him come to himself that day and say, I will arise and go to my father and say unto him, I have sinned against heaven. I've sinned against thee. I'm no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. So we're going to look very, very briefly this evening at what we could say the, the ministry of the mire. Or perhaps the, the silent sermon of the swine. Or the promptings of the pigs. For I believe that God can even use the life of a rotten old pig. And he can bring us to an end of ourselves and to a beginning with him. I want you to come and to lean with me over the pig pen this evening. And the first thing I, I believe that we can see is that these pigs in the pen all had an existence. There was a time, a time, friends, even in the life of a pig, when it took its first breath. Oh, perhaps the wee piglet wouldn't have known much about it, but life began for those pigs that were in the pen that day. They had an existence. And since the day the sow gave birth to the piglets, they had just been wallowing in the mire. Day after day, week after week, year after year. Every day seemed to be just the same for the pig, you know. The eastern sun would rise. At an appointed time, the, the prodigal would bring out the husks and he would pour the husk into the trough. The pigs would, would gather round the trough and they would eat and then they would sleep and the eastern sun would set. The following day would come what happened? The eastern sun would rise. The prodigal would come again with the pig swill, with the pig food. He would pour it into the trough. They would eat. They would rest. And the eastern sun would set. Day after day, week after week, the same event would take place. Perhaps as the youngest son looked into the pen that day, he was going through his daily routine. Maybe he thought to himself, do you know, I have just an existence, just like those pigs. Every day seems the same to me. I come to work, I fill the bucket, I fill the trough, 
I feed the pigs and I go home. These pigs have an existence but no real sense of purpose in their life. The same old thing for them. Day after day, it's the same old thing for me. I have nothing more, nothing less in this life at this time than a mere existence. I wonder could there be someone in the service this evening and you're on that same treadmill in life. Same treadmill as the old pigs, the same treadmill as the prodigal. A daily routine. And just one day seems to run into another day and nothing seems to be different. Nothing seems to change. You're managing to get through life. You're marking time. You're gaining no ground. And you're just circling life. Just like those pigs in the pen. He saw their existence. As he leans over the pen, he thought, I'm I know better really. I have nothing to look forward to, just like these pigs. He saw not only their existence, but he saw their emptiness. You see, pigs have no real plans, you know. They don't think about tomorrow and what they're going to be doing and where they're going to be going. They don't have any real purpose in life. They don't have any prospects in life. By and large, their life is unfruitful and it's unfulfilled. Google is a tremendous tool that we use in the day and age in which we live. And I I decided to Google a few fascinating facts about a pig. The incubation period of a pig, and I know many of you are city people here, just like myself, from conception through to birth, just in case you boys and girls get asked this in school, the incubation period is three months, three weeks, and three days. 115 days from conception right the way through to the birth of a pig. Pig spends many hours, we are told, just exploring the place in which it lives. We've heard the expression, haven't we, about I was, I was sweating like a pig. Well, pigs don't sweat because they don't have sweat glands. They communicate with one another and they have a certain sense of direction. But you know, if you throw anything into the pig pen, a pig will devour it. No matter how putrid it is. No matter how corrupt it might be or how rancid a corpse may be, no matter how decomposed 
a pig will just devour it. But while some of these facts may be interesting, there's not much going on in the life of a pig. I think the younger son, as he gazes in that day, into that sty, he's able to see them just wandering about with no real sense of purpose. Nowhere to go. Nothing to do. He came to this conclusion. Do you know they, they live very, very empty lives? I wonder, as he stared into the pen that day, does the ministry of the Maya speak to him? The silent sermon of the swine. I wonder, did it cause a crisis in his thinking? wonder, did he begin to think from whence he had fallen? Because he begins to think about the, the home place, his father's house where he had so much. Begins to, to look into that pen, doesn't he? <clears throat> and the Bible says he would fain have filled his belly with the husk that the swine did eat. Oh, for a moment there, he considered eating that pig's will that was in the trough. Then he began to think of the homestead. I've lost everything, haven't I? I've lost my father. I've lost my family. I've even lost the far country that, that appealed to me so much. I've lost my fortune, the inheritance that I received. He looks about him. He's lost his friends. And all as I've gained as a result of my sin, as a result of my waywardness, is famine in the land. And he comes to the conclusion, you know, I've been a fool. And now whilst my father's servants have food to spare, I'm contemplating eating the pig food. My life's just as empty as these pigs before me. Friends, sin does take us further than we want to go. You see, the Bible says that Satan is like a roaring lion. He roams to and fro and he seeks whom he may devour. Maybe even this evening, Satan has his eye upon you. You are his, his next meal as far as he's concerned. You are his next prey. He sees that you're away from the loving hand of a gracious father. He sees that you're wallowing in the mire of the cesspit of sin. He sees that you have an existence in this life, but that your life is completely empty when it comes to the things of God. It's a life that's unfruitful. 
It's a life that's unprofitable. It's a life that is unfulfilled. I wonder, do you realize the place of great peril that you're in this evening? But you know, let's take one final look into that pig pen. Come and stand with me next to the prodigal. And as he looks in, and as he views these pigs, they have an existence. They have an empty life, an unfulfilled, an unprofitable life. But he thinks of this, those wee piglets have an end. There's a day fastly approaching. I want you to watch as he, he feeds the pigs that day and as he puts the meal into the troughs and as he stands back and he, he watches them as they devour the food. They eat it so quick. But perhaps little did they know that this might have been their very last meal. They had no thought, you see, the pig of tomorrow. The sow and her piglets didn't realize that the day is fastly approaching when, when they would be sent to market and when life, when an existence for them would be over for good. Another fascinating fact about the sow is this, that a wild sow lives for between 10 and 15 years. But pigs that are bred for you and I to, to buy in the shops, those pork chops, they have a lifespan of no more than six months. Very short, isn't it? The brevity of life. We spoke of it today. Life is passing swiftly by. Death and judgment draweth nigh. And maybe, just maybe, it's in the realms of possibility that they didn't even know that they were about to devour their last meal. No idea what the morrow would bring. The Bible says, doesn't it, boast not thyself of tomorrow. For we know not what a day may bring forth. And as the prodigal looks into the pen that day, thinks to himself, what about me? I have an existence just like those pigs. I have such an empty life just like those pigs. My life one day will come to an end just like those pigs. The Bible says our lives are but a vapor. They appear for a short while, then it vanisheth away. Folks, you and I have a date with deity. It's been entered into the calendar of God and we will never ever change that date. And every year, every month, 
Every day, every hour that passes is bringing us nearer and nearer to that appointed time when we'll stand in his presence and when we'll see him face to face. The Bible speaks of that rule of thumb, doesn't it? Three score years and ten, seventy years of age. And if by strength we live beyond that, then the grace of God has favoured us. Three score year and ten, I, I did a quick calculation. It's nothing more than 840 months. If we get to 70, 840 months. If we sleep for eight hours a day, and most of us sleep for eight hours a day, you know, it reduces it to just 560 months of life. If we reach 70. Folks, there is an urgency to get right with our God. And praise God, the youngest son realized that as he pondered upon the pigs, as he looked into the pen that day, he realized what he'd done. He regretted breaking the heart of his father, and he repented and returned. And that's what the Lord wants for you and I this evening. For us to realize that we're born in sin and we're shapen in iniquity. That every imagination of the thoughts of our hearts, it's only evil continually. But God hath prepared a way of escape. For God so loved this world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth on him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Life eternal. Life with no end. And that's the gospel, folks. It's simply glorious, but it's gloriously simple. We've endeavored to explain as best we can in the the simplest form this evening, the need, the necessity to call upon the name of the Lord by just taking the illustration of the pig in the pen, the ministry of the mire, the swine as a sermon, that God could use just these simple thoughts to arrest your attention, to call upon his name, and to awaken you in relation to your need for Christ. The Bible says that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That if we confess with our mouths the Lord Jesus and believe in our hearts that God hath raised him from the dead, do you know what the Bible says? Ye shall be saved. He came to seek and to save that which was lost. The Bible says he's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance.
Our desire this night is that you might come and stand and ponder just as the young prodigal did. Where did it all go wrong for me? What must I need to to gain favour once more with God the Father? It's to put our faith and our trust in his finished all-atoning work on the cruel cross of Calvary to call upon the name of his Son for neither is there salvation in any other. There is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Don't misspend the day of grace. Don't live a life just like those old pigs in the pen. Having an existence, living an empty life, not realizing that one day that life will come to an end. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. The Bible says, in all thy ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct thy path. Let us bow for prayer. Father in heaven, we thank thee for the simplicity of thy word this evening. We know that our God can take the mundane, the foolish things, in order to illustrate to this people the necessity, the importance of getting right with Christ. And all as we've done today, Lord, as we've just leaned on the fence, we've looked over into the pig pen, we've considered the life of a wasteless pig. It has an existence. It has an empty life. But Lord, there will be one day when that life for the pig will end. And Lord, when we reflect upon our own lives, we, we think of our standing with Thee. Oh, there are those who can look back to a day when they asked the Lord Jesus into the life, when they became Christians, when they trusted the Lord. Maybe, Lord, there's others. And they're gathering with us this evening and their life is so empty. One day it's going to come to an end. Where will they be? We know there's a heaven to gain. But thou hast warned us of a hell to shun. And so, Lord, we pray that the devil might not steal away the seed of the word that has been sown. But that this evening, there may be those boys and girls, young people, mums and dads, grannies and granddads, who will call upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, that there may be rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God, as sinners are liberated from the bondage of sin and set gloriously free. Bless us in the closing moments of this service, we pray, for we ask it in the Saviour's name. Amen.